your host, Eric Balance, and this is the Resilient Minds Podcast. Join me as I explore the capabilities of our minds and how our X Factor can become our Y Factor. Now is our time. Welcome everyone to the Resilient Minds Podcast. I'm super blessed, excited, and humbled to be here with an amazing woman, um, Alana Fairchild. Welcome to the show, Alana. It's so nice to have you. Thank you, Eric. It's lovely to be here with you. Uh, You know, I'm very excited to share more of some of your work today. And for those of you that don't know who Alana is, Alana Fairchild is amazing, to say the least. Uh, she's a well-respected Australian spiritual teacher and best-selling author. You know, she's been inspiring a, a diverse and devo- devoted following globally. And this integrative multi-faith approach to spirituality that she holds is unconventional and free, appealing to a broad range of people, you know, really seeking a meaningful inner path without the pressure to adopt or reject particular religious beliefs, which I think is absolutely phenomenal in the way that um, Alana shows up. Described as a publishing phenomenon, Alana's extensive and original body of work includes oracle decks, books, DVDs, albums of guided meditations and sacred music that ranges from uplifting dance to meditative mantras. Her work continues to be translated into numerous language and has sold more than 250,000 Oracle decks in English just alone. Now, these original teachings have been given to Alana. They're a gift through a sense of dreams, meditative visions, and powerful spiritual experiences during her travels through the sacred lands all over the globe. Alana has been in conscious connection with her spiritual guidance her entire life with tertiary degrees in literature and law, as well as training in numerous creative healing fields. Her bohemian, free-spirited nature is grounded with discipline and dedication to her sacred work. A well-established and beloved figure in the metaphysical movement Alana continues to touch and uplift the hearts of hundreds, including mine. I'm so blessed and so grateful. Thank you. I feel like you've just given my life story. It's like, what else will we talk about now? (laughs) (laughs) I love hearing that. That's there's, there's so much, there's so I'm certain there's so much to share and you know, I feel like there's so much that you've been through to uncover that we can really uncover. And, you know, here on the Resilient Minds podcast, here's one thing that I always focus on is the biggest thing that contributes is our experiences to our big purpose, our big why, our big passion. And our, I call it our X factor. So our X factor, our experience, I really believe that they wholeheartedly help us manifest to create manifest a creative vision to what it is that we really want to serve in this world and fulfill our true destiny, our true passion. So I know that you know we've covered um, you know a little glimpse of what you've been through, but I'd love to really um, get it from you. 
you know, what has been some of your experiences and the resilience that you continue to go through and, and persevere through? And maybe there were, a, a, you know, a few defining key moments in your life that allowed you to realize, wow, you know, source, God, creator, something is guiding me to really take me towards this, this contribution, this way that I need to serve in this world. So I'd love to hear from you a few of these, you know, uh, Cole's Notes versions, some of these stories, because <laughs> I know we could sit here all night, right? Or all morning. I'm not, yeah. <laughs> I'm not known for my brevity, but I'll do my best. <laughs> um, I think it's beautiful what you're talking about and the message that you want to bring through. And I know from my own life that the situations that have begun as the most, let's say, adversity as the most challenging are always the things that deliver the greatest leaps in terms of self-awareness, self-healing and self-realisation. And I think for me, I've, I've always been in that conscious connection with spirit. You know, I've felt it in nature. I felt it even when I was raised Catholic. So I used to go to church when I was little and, you know, I fell in love with Mother Mary and all of the rituals. And I, I think even though I don't, really identifies any particular religion anymore. I've brought some of the, the beautiful aspects of that that I really loved as a child. I've brought it through into my work with ritual and prayer and connection, but just in a, a kind of very open universal sense. But so that was always with me. But then we have this thing, free will, you know, we get to choose how we want to take this journey. And I think for me, I'm quite stubborn like, and I, I get an idea in my head and I just want to run with it. And sometimes it gets me into hot water. You know, I end up in situations where I realise I've climbed the wrong mountain. You know, I put in all this effort and I've got to where I wanted to go. And then I get there and realise, oh God, this isn't right. Like, it's not actually wow. for me. So wow. I think probably one of the major experiences of that was when I was in my late teens and I was studying law at university. And you know, I didn't even really know why I was there. I just felt like I had to do something. You know, I didn't know. No one said to me, oh, you can be a singing, dancing, spiritual teacher. No one ever told me that that was a career option. So I was really lost. You know, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I knew that I loved spirit and that was about it. And I thought, well, I had these marks at, in high school and so I better go to university. I think you call it college in, um, in North America. Yeah. And so I ended up, studying this degree that I really didn't have a lot of passion for and my life just felt very driven from my head, you know, from what I felt I should be doing, from what society was telling me, rather than really connecting with heart because I, I, didn't, I couldn't see a path, I couldn't figure out how it could happen, I didn't have something that I was looking for and that was difficult for me. If you give me a goal and say, I want you to do this, I'll just jump in there and do it, you know, I'm that kind of personality. But if you sort of say to me, well, you need to grow into your purpose, you're not going to really know what it is all the time in advance that you're growing into, that it's organic. And if you trust your feeling and you can move with that, I would have thought, well, that's very vague. That's not going to help me. You know, yeah. I need to know where I'm going. So a big wake up call for me was trying to live in that way where I was always directing and always kind of going from my own um, logical interpretations of what I felt I should be doing. And I ended up with depression, anxiety, 
all of the, you know, the trappings that society was telling me I was supposed to have. So I had this great degree and I was getting all these prestigious offers for jobs. And the thought of following that path just felt so bleak. I really, it, it created this sense of really feeling disconnected from myself. And so the struggle with depression and anxiety was really what pushed me to think, well, if this outer system is failing me, you know, if I'm not able to gain the, the sense of inner sustenance and if this success that's been promised is so empty in what it's actually delivering, then what's all this about? Like, why am I even taking this path? What's this life about? And that really pushed me to drop back into my heart and the things that I really loved. And that was always, you know, spirit, give me a book on chakras and, you know, I'm happy. Like I remember once in law school, I was in the middle of a litigation exam. This is not a proud moment, by the way, but anyway, it's true. So I was in the middle Let's hear it. of Let's hear it. <laughs> the middle <laughs> of a litigation exam and I'd done my cross-examination and then I was so bored that I just, forgive me, like I, I just didn't even really think about my other teammates. I just whipped out a book on aromatherapy and started reading. And afterwards, my litigation professor, very rightly so, just said, what the hell are you doing? Like, if you're going to be here, be here. And if you don't want to be here, don't be here. And I thought, you know what, that's a really fair call. And it just really pushed me to think, well, what am I doing? You know, if I don't really want to be a barrister, what do I want to do? And I thought, I want to be a, you know, a full-time hippie. That's what I am. That's what I'm about. I love spirit. I'm happy to work hard, and I do. But I want it to be, you know, shoveling stuff for, for what I love. I want to feel like I'm really connected and driven from my heart. So that sort of started a, a big change in orientation for me in how I was living my life. And it started a healing journey in a more conscious way. And it took me back to the truth that I'd always had as a child and made me realize, you know, no matter what the world promises, you, it's never worthwhile to step away from that. You can, you can never find what you want outside of yourself. It always has to be something that you connect with organically and trust from within. So that was probably one of my big challenges. And it took a while because I was unlearning how I was taught to be very intellectual, very analytical, very, um, rational and logical you know and those things are useful absolutely but i was using them to drive the car and really they're, they're more about just how to deliver what the heart knows you know i was putting them in the wrong place i kind of had them up front and they need to be kind of secondary i love how you touched on driving the car and the rationale and the logic was really something that you needed to unlearn because oftentimes when we're making choices and we're making decisions, that is what we're used to collectively um, because we've been taught so much in school that, you know, you have to analyze, you have to be logical, you have to be rational, you have to make this choice and it has to all come from this mass mathematical equation. And, you know, I love how you share that, you know, you, you, you were a litigator and, and, you know, you were looking at, you know, becoming a, a barrister, a lawyer and, I have a very similar journey and it, it resonates with me because, you know, I went to university, I did accounting and, and, and finance and all of a sudden I'm like, holy cow, this doesn't resonate. And one thing that you talked about was success is so empty. It felt so empty in, in, in what we were like described. And I think that 
recognizing that that disconnect was happening inside of you, how did that awareness come to you? Because I think that that's, you're, you know, really what this, you've been on this profound journey and you evolved into the human that you, you decided that you were going to make, but what changed in your beliefs and how did you maybe for somebody that is listening to you for the first time, what was that unlearning like? I remember, I remember once I went to an interview for a, a job at a law firm and the fellow that was interviewing me said to me, well, from your CV, I can see that you've hardly ever had to deal with failure. So how do you think you cope with it? And I thought, well, I don't know what CV you're reading, but it's not, <laughs> it's not something that I can say that I've never had to deal with failure. I think that really triggered something in me though. And I thought, you know, the biggest learning curve for me and the thing that changes the belief system is where we encounter our own immediate failure. And it can be hard if you are a very driven person to accept that. But I think if you are a growth oriented person, and that's the key for me on the spiritual path, it's never about perfection. That just isn't even really a thing. It's just about being willing to go through the growth. But if you are a growth oriented person, you're willing to take that journey of evolution, then working with your failures and acknowledging them and treating them as gifts rather than something to be embarrassed about, I think is incredibly important. And I know for me, when something just didn't work and I knew it wasn't working because I wasn't happy, my health was in a mess, psychologically, physically, emotionally, things were falling apart. You can feel when something's right. There's a sense that it might be difficult. You know, I'm, I'm not a believer in this fantasy that you find your life path and then it's just all you know hearts and flowers for the rest of your life I mean there is beauty no doubt about it and and there is a a different kind of success that it may be material but that's just like the extra bits it's the real nugget of it is this sense of deep heart connection and joy and fulfillment and you just feel like your life is it's right it, it's what it's meant to be it's like if you were putting together a piece of machinery and and the piece just fits and there's that sense of, oh, that's where it's meant to be. You're not trying to jam something around, it just doesn't work. So there is this sense with that feeling of rightness. So if you know what that is, it's like being in love. You know when you're in love. If you have to say, I don't know, then you're not in love. Like <laughs> you can feel it. It's something that you just have this inner knowing. And if you can sense, well, I'm not feeling that, then something's not working. And I think sometimes we are so used to living in disconnect and chaos and this sense of having to, it's heartbreaking, like run in some kind of society made, you know, little cage turning over and over and never getting anywhere and thinking that if we just keep going, somehow all of that effort is going to translate into reward but it doesn't it's sort of it's like i said earlier climbing the wrong mountain you can put a huge amount of effort and not get anywhere like those dreams where you're running and don't move it's sort of so i think for me to answer your question you can see i'm the queen of tangents so i just go a lot no, <laughs> it, 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 it makes so much sense though right? it's, it's very aligned so I... i'm glad um, but to, to answer your question i think knowing that the failures are like the hands of spirit, the voice of the universe, just saying, look, I'm just giving you a loving adjustment. Don't be upset. 
if I'm shoving this door closed in your face, it's really because I love you. I want to protect you. This is not the best place for you. I know you might be really kind of enamored with it and caught up with it and think, you know, this person or this job or this path or this dream, it has to happen now at this time. And you, you might be upset with me, but I really love you. And I'm, I'm just, there's something that needs to happen first. Sometimes the dream is good, but the timing is off. You, you need to develop more. The world needs to be ready for you. Sometimes the dream is caught up in someone else's vision for you and it's not authentic and there's a better way for you to express and gain what it is in essence that you're seeking. But I truly believe with every fibre of my being that the universe is a loving, benevolent, intelligent, co-creative source that is working with us constantly to bring about fruition like we're all these kind of unique divine plants in the sacred garden of life and, and we all just need to be what we are and kind of be nourished and nurtured and we don't always know what that is like we might have some self-awareness of ourselves as the caterpillar but it's going to feel quite different when we go through that you know terrifying and strange process of transformation like i mean there's like self-devouring and you're in a you know cocoon and it's it, that's hardcore but the the aim of it and the the outcome of it and the purpose of it is to become the butterfly and the self-awareness of the butterfly is going to be quite different and the universe gets that but we don't always know at the time so this is kind of where when things appear to be going wrong or when we might feel like we're not getting it the important thing is to realize you know a don't panic you know you might just be having a caterpillar moment shifting into something else and you if you're off path but you're connected to your heart you'll feel it where you just think you know what this isn't resonating like i had an experience not that long ago where i was given this job opportunity um, to go and teach in a country that i really wanted to go to but something about it, and it all seemed great on paper, but something about it, it just wasn't right. And when we were trying to negotiate, it felt like, it was like trying to move gears in a gearbox in the wrong way. It was yeah. like, it just didn't. And I thought, I don't know why, but I just have to pass on this. And, you know, I had a little tantrum. Let me be perfectly transparent about the fact that I do do that. And I say to the universe, why isn't this working? And I have my little Bye. mind. <laughs> Usually some swear words, expletives. And then, <laughs> and then after that, I come back to that place where I think, okay, you know, I'm just going to trust it. And then a couple of months later, some information came to me about that person and that particular business. And I realised that I really dodged a bullet there. But I didn't know that at the time. All I knew was it was like it wasn't quite right. But I think for us to be able to, I know for me, to be able to shift from feeling like trying to navigate something that's way beyond my capacity to consciously comprehend really requires some kind of internal relationship that feels authentic for me and it might be different for someone else. You know, we're all unique but with a greater spiritual intelligence that has my back. If you have that, then you're not going to be kind of freaked out when you start to get moved outside of your sphere of understanding or expectation. But I think where a lot of us really struggle, we might not have a strong religious path, or maybe we do, but the doctrine doesn't always speak to what we need and doesn't always 
necessarily feel relevant for some people it might but I think there are a lot of people that it, it doesn't and then you know maybe the full-on new age stuff might not really resonate I mean I love all that the more out there the better but that's not for everyone and, and it's not meant to be for everyone we're sort of I feel that we're in this quite unique position in global history where we have exposure to many possible paths and, and we have to kind of trust that whatever it is for us whether it's an idea of just the universe as a loving intelligence or whether we need a spiritual being that you know whether it's god or the goddess or something that we connect with or the intelligence of nature or even just our own sense of oh i have a higher self that's kind of part of me and is guiding me and isn't limited by my intellect you know i can trust it even when i don't understand what the hell it's up to like no matter Absolutely. what it is we need something that's more that we can lean into and trust as a sense of guiding grace and i believe every being has that whether we're aware of it consciously or not is another question and i think what you mentioned here with the unlearning stage of it um tying that back into really being con conscious of really creating that connection with that being or that higher spirit or the intelligence of nature or anything is what really allowed you to lean into the unlearning of it. Is that, is that essentially what you're. Yeah. Right? You got to treat yeah. it like any relationship, you know, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Talk, have a chat, have a prayer, spend a little time. Doesn't need a lot. It's not a demanding lover, the beloved, you know, the great divine. Happy with and the loving adjustment, <laughs> the loving adjustment that it gives you is like a nice push nudge in the right direction. And I shared with you prior to jumping off on the, on the air that, you know, I, I'm a big, you know, I love this book that this it's been given to me as a gift. Um, you know, the oracles of heart wisdom, which everyone should get a copy of. Um, and specifically, I think for me, this was a, this was, this was a gift given to me by a friend before I left Australia. And I just went through like a, a really uh, difficult breakup and it was something that really hurt my heart. And I was in a lot of pain, Alana. Like, you know, I went to Greece after for 10 days and I'm telling you, like I was emotional, I was crying, I was, but I was connecting so deeply to my creator, to, to my universe, to my, to my, you know, infinite intelligence. And I realized that it was the loving adjustment that has been allowed me to really nudge that, that allowed me to, to recognize, listen, this is a path of growth. I'm guiding you to something greater. And I realized, you know, and, and you know, you have this capacity of, am I giving up on this relationship or am I like intuitively, you know, stopping something or, or what am I doing? And really though, when I sat down and every time, you know, I do the three readings because I do it, it's, it's become like a, uh, a daily uh, ritual for me um, doing the three readings and I did actually one before right before we jumped on and for me it was a it was the understanding that there is always a guidance an abundance a blessing in every experience situation circumstance that we go through and when I was in Greece it was that realization that I need to connect really strongly with that relationship with my creator to encapsulate my own, my own being, my own strength, my own relationship with myself. 
And this allowed me to see that the butterfly that you mentioned, the cocoon that is opening up for me is happening in the present moment. And I just want to share that that was like what the, 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 the share of disconnect and chaos that we've all been going through, especially right now in COVID or, you know, what, what uh, people are, are, are really recognizing the certain conditions around them. This is the decision that we can all consciously make if we start looking towards ourselves and within and really give ourselves the hands or, or, or ask for, for, for guidance to something that's greater than ourselves. Do you agree? Absolutely, I think that's beautiful. I mean, this year, to me, I, I think none of us would wish this on anyone, like it's difficult, but we can look at it and say, okay, this can be a, it's kind of like the breakdown for the breakthrough. It's like a spiritual reset. And I think I just, when I was listening to you speak, I thought, People, you know, we need to know that there is something within us. I think sometimes there's a fear to kind of stop looking outwards and look within at fear of what you might find there or that there's not enough or there'll be emptiness or, or something terrible or, or, or you can't do it. I don't know, all these kind of um, ways that the mind can kind of trip us up and, and keep us kind of always looking externally for what it is that we're seeking. But... And, and you don't give up. It's not a payoff. You don't sort of say, okay, I'm going to take an inner journey so I don't have any engagement with the world anymore. It's not true. It's just it becomes more, it becomes vitalising in a heart way rather than depleting and diminishing. And you're like, God, I feel like I'm, you know, flogging myself for the sake of the world and nothing good's coming from it. It's, it's just a different way. But I love the way you describe it and, and taking that time. And honestly, I've been through some terrible heartbreaks and just... Every single one of them has been the prelude to so much personal growth and healing and change. And it's sort of, you know, sometimes I wish that it didn't take quite so much, but sometimes it is the thing that breaks us is actually what makes us. It's just we have to be willing to engage with the process and have some trust. And I'm sure all of your listeners could connect with that idea that once there was something that happened in their lives that they wish hadn't, but somehow it ended up being the making of them. It, it, it gave them some gift, courage, insight, wisdom, the capacity to forgive the unforgivable, who knows, you know? Exactly. And, and, and you know, to be completely like, like honest, it's like the amazing process that we've all been through, you know, um, if I could send myself a message, you know, to Eric a decade ago, I would, you know, I would tell him that this is all, you know, this is all going to be amazing gift and a process. And I'm certain in the future that that's what, you know, what, what my future self is going to tell me. So my question to you is, what would you tell your younger version self, knowing what you know today, you know, what would you tell, what would you tell your younger version? You know, I, I don't know how inspiring this is. It's actually kind of simple, but I would just say, you know, everything's going to be all right. Even the real hairy stuff that you think, oh my God, I, I would just say to her, you, you're going to come through and it's going to be okay. And, and this is a gift. And she knew that. But sometimes you just want to have that sense of certainty, I think, when you're kind of charting yeah. those really deep waters and thinking, 
It's not often in my life where I've confronted something that's been so painful and I've thought, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to come through this. Um, but it's happened a couple of times. But I just keep going because, as I mentioned in the beginning, I'm kind of stubborn. So I try to make that work for me, right? <laughs> now, in those, moments, in those moments where you were uncertain, how did it make you feel? Well, it's interesting. I think that vulnerability in that moment where you're not in complete self-reliance, I think those are the times, and it echoes what you were saying, where spiritual connection is deeper. And my most strong visions or um, sometimes it's a conversation with spiritual energy, like you and I having a conversation, those things tend to happen when I'm in that state of heart, open uh, vulnerability something's really i'm struggling with it or i don't understand it and i'm seeking it's a kind of heart prayer you know sometimes i think with prayer we think oh we have to say the right words or be in a certain posture and it's not really it's a it's a a conversation that erupts from within us to the universe or the divine whatever you know our minds feel comfortable with and i think in those moments of profound vulnerability i just felt somehow also really deeply supported that's why I think I never gave up. I just thought, well, this hurts, but it's going to end and something good will come out of it. You know, that's kind of my philosophy and it's what I've lived by. Yeah, I think that that for me has that resonates with me profoundly because I can I can when you say it, I can feel it. And that allows that, that greater inter like internal belief like erupt a little bit more because um, I, I'm sensing, you know, from, from what you're saying, my, my interpretation is, you know, that there's another, you know, uh, you know, somebody on your shoulder or, or you know, a, a greater source that really is um, in, inside within, within you, with you, supporting you. Totally. Yeah, I love it. So, you know, in the process where as you, um, continue to serve your profound, amazing spiritual teacher. Describe the process of how you were able to serve and support your audience, your clients, and what really that entails and what that looks like. It's incredibly personal for me. I actually, and, and I'm quite passionate about this. Like I think you can speak to people sometimes and they might have a lot of knowledge but somehow it doesn't really change you to hear that knowledge. It's just knowledge. And then there are others that you can speak with or you can encounter their work. And there's something about that person that you kind of, it's like they become part of the sacred tea that's infusing your being. Like something happens. There's a change. It shifts you in some way. And, and I think the difference, like the reason that happens is just, is it embodied? Like, is it something that someone's living? Is, is it coming from an experience rather than a, a philosophy? I mean, philosophies are great, it's important. But I think for me, you know, the, the personal aspect is that everything that I share comes from this place of this is my lived experience. And when I look at the challenges that I've gone through, you know, might call it karma or whatever you want to call it, but the real difficulties in my life, I know that everything that was, you know, wounded 
that that I needed to go on a healing journey and in still many ways on I expect it will go for you know for however long it needs to go but I learned so much in how to heal that that it was actually the wound was a gift you know the um the founding father of you know psychotherapy really Jung says the the wound is where the light comes in so it's like the the places where I had to learn and grow have become the strengths that I have and the way that I am able to connect with others because there is a kind of, uh, it's an empathy. It's like, I've been through this. The variation might be slightly different. You know, it, it might have slightly different details, but the grit, the essence of it is universal. I saw a beautiful post by the Dalai Lama recently on his Facebook page, like, Hello, 2020, you know, and Dalai Lama on Facebook, but anyway. Um, I know, you love it, right? Like, what is amazing. that? <laughs> what is the world? It's, yeah. Um, but he made this beautiful post and he just said, you know, humans, we have this profound equality. We all have, we feel the same. If we lose someone, we have sorrow. If we're cut, we bleed. It, it's this sense that while celebrating diversity and celebrating our uniqueness and how every path and every individual has their own flavor and nuance and, and journey, which is exquisite, you know, in its creativity and diversity. But there are also these things that are universal. And I think one of the beautiful aspects of someone who is willing to, you know, deal with their staff and, and go through the struggles and not turn away from them, but to actually say, okay, I might be shaking in my boots, but I'm just going to engage and, and engage. And through that engagement, there is a realization. And then we grow in confidence and we start to say, hey, I didn't really see how that could work out, but it worked out. Maybe I'll have a go again the next time. And then we get in this loop of kind of building trust in ourselves and the spiritual wisdom of the universe. And those kinds of people develop compassion and they can talk to anyone about anything, even if the externals are different, because there is a kind of common human bond. You know, it's not so different what we all go through. It looks different on the surface, but I've done healing sessions with people over the years. Some people that have been through just, you wouldn't, you wouldn't even see it in the worst horror movie, like just, unbelievable stuff and then people that have had a relatively kind of normal whatever that means looking life and what astonished me about this is that the things that they were learning and the lessons that came out of those apparently extreme differences were very very similar and I just started to realize we're, we're all having a human journey that's the unity and the diversity is part of the celebration. And I think the creative, you know, intelligence of the universe just showing off and saying, you think you've got me figured out, look at this person, or look at this. And it's like, God, you know, it's ah. just, there's no limit to it. Shaking in your boots and still doing it. And I think your compassion from that experience is really what allows you to be so highly successful because You've been shaking in your boots for, you know, through different, um, you know, conditions that came into your world and you decided to commit to yourself and see that you're going to see it through. So were there ideas that evolved as a result of you just going and making it happen, saying, 
you know what? I'm going to figure this out because I believe intuitively because we know that the creator is, 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 is there supporting you. And in, internally, you're just, you, like you said, shaking in your boots, but you're like, I'm going to show up no matter what. And I'm going to do it because I know that I can. And that I think, like, is that where, is that how you created ideas? Or did you like just create these amazing ideas and you're like, I'll figure it out as I go? Because, you know, so many people sometimes they think that like, I got to figure everything out. I got to have a plan. I got to know how. I got to, you know, I got to, I got to have all the steps figured out. And then I'm going to fit. I get <laughs> Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck with that. I, I tried. I used to be one of those people. Um, I, th I think that comes from a profound sense of distrust, really. Um, I used to be like that hyper-independent and self-reliance is important and resilience is important and independence is important, but it's not the be-all and end-all. And I think I used to feel like if I was going to learn to surrender into a greater guiding intelligence which is, you know, to answer your question, that's the shift in the idea for me. If I was going to do that, somehow I'd have to become passive or like a child or, um, you know, not in my own strength. And it's just not true. It's like when you, when you surrender into spiritual intelligence, you have to step up more. You have to become more fearless, more engaged with who you are, more willing to kind of move against the grain of where mainstream consciousness is because you know spirit isn't here to just continually be the same thing it's it's constant i mean you only have to look at nature it's always evolving and shifting and consciousness is movement you know it wants change it wants evolution it wants to unveil it's like that you know beautiful dance of the seven veils it wants to kind of oh there's a veil of fear let's remove that and there's a veil of Oh my God, all my relationships are going to be like my past ones. Let's remove that. And oh, I, you know, I'm never going to be able to do what I love and make money. That's a veil. Let's get rid of that. And it's like just unveiling, unveiling until you get to the point where you are connected with this essence. And, you know, I think learning to trust in that is really important. And, and sometimes it just comes back to am I willing? to put my faith in something that I cannot see, I cannot control, and I cannot understand. And that may seem terrifying, but the beauty in that is that if you can't see it, control it, and understand it, no one else can either. I have much more faith in a wild loving instinct that can't be controlled or directed by myself or any other human than I would do in something that could be controlled by someone's ego. Like, seriously, if you're going to invest your, oh. your confidence in something, choose that. Like, choose the wild yes. right. <laughs> the wild love. I Wow. Yeah. And versus, it's like the presence of love versus the presence of fear. Yeah. You know, what are we going to decide on? And, and, and the way that you articulated it was beautiful. Can you share that again? Because it was, it was profound. The wild, I, I didn't even have a chance to write it down. The wild love. It was so, it was prolific. Thank you. I can never say it again. It's like stepping into the river twice in the same way. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> but, but it is. Good thing we got it recorded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Press rewind if you. That's right. <laughs> but this is like embodiment at its core level. Like I, I see it within you and I, I feel it like you, 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 
it's 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 almost like there's a spiritual channel in the way that you're you're um you're, you're so eloquent in in these words like what is, is it that allows you to completely surrender to your spiritual creative intelligence so um so uniquely has it been practiced how, how, like how did those values show up in your daily you know experience of of you know this human existence you know it's a great question and the answer is really quite ordinary um and it's just you know those trust games that sometimes people do on like corporate retreats or drama camps where you like you're standing and then you have to fall back and you have to let people catch you I mean, that just sounds horrible, but, <laughs> but I'm sure people have done it. With spirit, it's kind of similar. It's like I was in enough situations where I just, I let them catch me. And sometimes it was small things. And this might sound ridiculous, but looking for a, a parking space. I used to freak out my, um, a, a man I dated once because we, we drive into like a supermarket and he just like, you know, the shopping center car park and he just gets so stressed and I'd be like, we're going to let the angels do this. And I just say to him, drive up there, take the second on the left and then it'll be on that. And he'd be like, what do you do? But he'd do it and it would work and he'd freak out in a nice way. And I thought it was hilarious. And so that's a little thing, but then there are bigger things. Like if I'm traveling in a country that's difficult to navigate and I'm on my own. And, you know, there are so many things that could go wrong, um, really, even if you haven't done anything wrong. I, I always trust spirit to protect me and to assist me. And I, and I just learned to look for it. And what I noticed is, and this is something that probably most people could relate to, little pieces of information that didn't seem that important at the time, but later on might be critical that you you have that bit. It might be um, something for me. It actually helped me when I was in an immigration situation, and I, you know, was told I didn't have the right paperwork, and I could have been actually detained, and it could have been a disaster. Um, and then I remembered this little piece of information that an immigration officer had given me when I checked in to that particular country, and at the time I thought, why is he telling me this? It's so irrelevant. And then later I thought, oh my God, <laughs> it's that one thing. It, yeah, it resolved something. It just deflated it. And I think, you know, the, and then in bigger ways, like when I left a relationship um, about a year ago with a person I truly loved and it was just, oh, it was horrendous. And I, I was heartbroken. And, you know, I think when you really love, you, feel, you know, breakups are just the worst but I had such a deep connection with Mother Mary in that experience. And she was just there, just this beautiful, radiant support. She didn't take away my pain, but she gave me context. You know, mm -hmm. she gave me a sense of this is part of the journey. Don't be afraid. And I went through it and so much healing happened within me as a result of that, um, which I don't think could have happened otherwise. So I've learned, you know, sometimes things happen sometimes crises are averted that happens a lot with spirit yeah. um sometimes we're just given the strength to go through something but the trust came from just leaning in because what else was i going to do you know there's yeah. a beautiful saying called there um there are no atheists in foxholes and i love that because i think it's like 
there'll be a tipping point for all of us where somehow we're kind of um, gentled by the universe. It's like, you know, those horse whisperers, they don't break the horse spirit, but they gentle it until yeah. it eventually kind of, it's, it's under their kind of um, guidance. So I think the universe is gentling us constantly. And some of us are just more fiery spirited. So we need a bit of, you know, doors. <laughs> some of us are a bit more willing, but eventually, you know, we get gentled and, and we start to feel like we're not alone on this path, you know. You mentioned that you went through the healing during um, the breakup. How was that healing really um, supportive for you for where you are today? Look, it was incredible because it really showed me so starkly where I had been playing out patterns of choosing certain kinds of partners based on childhood wounds. And I'd done a lot of work on it, but this one was so perfect. It just took every last, I mean, only the universe could come up with something so perfectly, you know, just designed to bring out every possible little bit that I hadn't quite resolved in one beautiful human being, you know, and just, oh, it was absolutely extraordinary. But I just saw where that childhood programming was still operating, not only in my personal life, but of course, because we're whole human beings, so we compartmentalise in our minds, but it's not really that realistic. If, if you're floundering in your personal life, as that resolves and heals, then of course your professional life and all other facets of your life journey are going to feel more, you know, stabilised and integrated. So I think for me, it just showed me where I needed to become aware of who I was choosing and then, and why. And, and that just made me realise, my gosh, I just had some stuff that I had to leave to rest about, you know, my parents whom, you know, I love and are beautiful humans. They're flawed like everyone else, like me, and just recognise that and stop playing out the story. And that was incredibly liberating because, you know, I'm now, I always forget how old I am, 40, 46, I think, thereabouts. And, you know, it's time. It's just time to leave that that story behind. Yeah. Um, so that was profound for me, but not, it wasn't easily won, but I'm grateful for it. I can honestly say. I resonate. I, I really resonate. And I've been doing some of like my own wounded child experience. And, you know, I've been through this breakup, but what the pattern was is like, I was married, had a couple of girlfriends. And like, so it continues to be through this, pattern where guess who's the common denominator this guy so <laughs> so fundamentally speaking it was you know the childhood that like you said is like resonating that back to the story that i kept telling myself to what my parents who like you like you know they're also catholic and they also you know have these different experiences that i continue to play story about and Tying, it's fascinating how much we actually hold on to these wounds as you know adults you know i'm 33 you're 36 like what else you know how long and where you know we're aware of some of these 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 um uh programs right so imagine how much unconsciousness or is continued on when, when 
there is no awareness and we continue to play that out over and over again and i think, I think it's, it's our duty go ahead no it's, please go on and i think like like you know what i what i, what I think you were going to say and one of my assumptions my hallucination is 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 that it's our duty to start like you know hopefully you know bringing you know, raising some of this awareness to you know our brothers and sisters on the planet that you know may, may not be aware to it yet and how we can actually raise their awareness to serving them and giving them an opportunity to see that they can change their their states or their patterns and i think that that's what really you're, you encompass and you embody in your mission Am I right? Yes. Yeah. And I think too, it's sort of, you know, we can talk about this on a personal level with relationships, but I really feel that a lot of people at the moment will be resonating with this idea of kind of intergenerational uh, wounding, especially in um, the United States. There's so much happening about the history, you know, and it's not, it's sort of ancestors and, and the wounding that comes through. And sometimes I feel that individuals are like running a relay race you know with our ancestors you know grandparents and whatever and it's like they pass the baton and the baton contains all of the gifts and the you know the wisdom that came out of things like having to go through i don't know um, migration or dealing with wars or living through different things and there's kind of a wisdom that comes from that but there's also the wounding there's the stuff that hasn't been resolved and keeps getting handed down there's an expression uh, the sins of the father visited on the sun it's like until there is someone who is willing to do their own work to an extent that they begin to free themselves into their own individuality and their capacity to choose their own unique path they're going to be conditioned by family inheritance for better or worse and i think part of our work as becoming more awakened individuals is just to go through that process of filtering out what is the stuff that my family has given that, you know, I can work with constructively? And what is the stuff that's my job to heal within myself that I don't want to hand it down? If you have children, for example, or even if you don't, just in how you are in the world and what do I want to contribute to the ongoing legacy uh, that I am part of creating, co-creating with other, you know, humans for the collective and for the planet? The buck stops here. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that that's like that, that is a conscious choice that I want to make every day is like any of the, the things that are my shortcomings, I really want to stop them with me, you know, and learn more about them so I can pass them down, pass, you know, hopefully, um, you know, some good teachings down to, to my children, you know, when I, when I have them, you know, pivoting a little bit. You touched on, you know, how this internal awareness and these relational awarenesses, you know, can collectively affect some of your professional um, relationships, maybe even like the way that you're showing up for your clients. And, you know, there's, there's, there's tons of amazing spiritual teachers and healers out there that, you know, quite collectively are maybe, and I know because like, you know, I have some amazing friends that are you know either struggling in the space or amazing and super successful in the space and like realistically uh, what i'm noticing it's either one or the other and what is it you know that you you could say to anybody that may be listening that is 
in a space where they, they know they have a gift. They, this is their passion. This is their desire. They want to serve at a greater, deeper level. And they're not grabbing right now the momentum that they truly know and believe intuitively that it's there in their business life, in their professional life. And maybe it's being affected in a, in a re re resonance of, you know, their, their relationship or their self, um, you know, experience. What would you say to, to some of these brilliant minds that are out there? Oh, I just, oh, there's, what a beautiful question. There's so much that I would want to say. I guess the, um, the nuggets, hopefully. Uh, first of all, trust your timing. You know, not every flower is meant to bloom in the same season. So, so trust your timing. Don't fall into age, you know, games that society's and by this age you should have this and then you should, that's all bullshit. Don't worry about that. Be, be in your own unique path and timing. Don't think that you have to do it alone because the right people will show up at the right time when you're ready. Um, oh gosh, what else? There was quite a lot when you were speaking. I think part of it, don't separate this for me i don't separate my personal from my professional journey i have boundaries and all of those things and that's all important but what i'm capable of accomplishing um in terms of what people would say in material success has been a direct reflection of what i've been willing to work with within myself and some things that come up especially for healers or artists or creative types there's this quite powerful archetypal force, which I would call the starving artist and, and healers have it as well. And it's sort of like this reluctance around, can I work on a spiritual path or a path that has some meaning for uplifting and inspiring humanity and still, you know, uh, have a relationship with money and finance that has integrity. And I believe yeah. that not only you can do that, you have to be careful because it's easy to be seduced by power or empty promises. But if you've come far enough on your life path that you are really being guided by the heart, at some point you just need to decide, am, am I going to trust myself enough to be open to um, prosperity and not feel like I'm going to be corrupted by it? And the only way you'll know that is if you're really honestly within yourself willing to say, if spirit gave me, let's say everything's going great. If spirit gave me a choice today, I want you to follow this path, but you have to let all of that go. Would you hesitate or would you just say, of course, whatever you want. And if, if you know within your heart that it's more important for you to be working in truth than, and all of that other stuff, abundance and whatever, or commercial success, that's just something that happens on the side. If you're not driven by that, if you're focused, you're in safe spiritual ground. And I think when we are willing to give ourselves that acknowledgement, to kind of trust, this isn't really even about us and spirit anymore, this insight, it's, it's really about us and our own hearts. When we know that our own heart is purely focused on what matters, all the other stuff can come, it can go, you're open to spirit. And my experience with spirit is it's incredibly generous. And, you know, any blocks around material success, whether that's meeting the right person or getting the support that you need, it might be getting legal advice or the right mentor or the right investor in what you want to do, 
all of that stuff really, um, or financial support, if you you know, if that's what you need, then those things do fall into place in the right way in the right time by a different kind of mechanism than the worldly mechanism that we're kind of taught you have to yeah. chase after it and, and, and force it to happen. That, that's my feeling. Um, but self-worth, trust, getting out of this, the, the duality that tends to be perpetuated around healers and money and artists and success. And you're right. There are people, they tend to fall on one of, or other of the spectrums. I was in the middle bit for quite a long time and it wasn't really until I did some work around self-worth. And I, I remember this, it was a very short conversation I had with Spirit about it. It was when I started to earn more money and I had some nervousness about it. And I just said to Spirit, I'm nervous, you know? What if, what if something happens and I lose my integrity? Like, what's the point then? There's no point. That's like being seduced by the dark side and why am I doing this? And the answer was, what's happened on your spiritual journey since you've been earning more money? And I thought about it and I thought, actually, my spirituality's deepened. It's not because of the money, but the money hasn't stopped it. And then I was just like, oh, there's no problem. Who knew? I was creating it in my mind. <laughs> you know, it, it, it's fascinating. Money can expand and like amplify the human you actually are at the core level, right? And really, if you're an amazing, good person, that's like you said, landing and on that spiritual guided path and in on spiritual ground, it's just going to amplify who you already are to continue to reach more people and help more individuals. I think what I would love to ask, and, and, and I think, you know, you connect, you, you say to spirit a lot, you know, you had a conversation. How do you really connect to spirit? I think, imagine that you wanted to really have a deep and meaningful conversation with someone that you really loved. Like, what would you do? You'd probably turn off your phone. You'd probably like give them some space. You'd probably like make sure the kids are asleep or whatever, and you just give them a bit of attention. And, and that's really it. Like the, the way to connect, dropping into the heart, just being real with who you are and how you're feeling in that moment and having a little bit of space. So, I mean, I'm fortunate. I, I do hear and feel spirit in quite a visceral way, but I don't believe that I'm particularly unique in that capacity. I think that we all have an ability to feel, some will see, often they're artists because they're quite visual, some will feel, some will just have a sense. Others might see a sign or something happens or a book falls off a shelf and it hits you on the head. Well, there are different ways, but everyone has a relationship with the spiritual realm. I truly believe that. It's just, we figure out what works for us. What works for me is usually quite simple. I like to sit on my couch or my meditation seat in a quiet room and I drop into my heart and I just, I bring my focus on what is it that I really just need to, to say. And, and then I'll, I'll either speak it or feel it and, and I just sit. And sometimes an answer will come. Sometimes I'm just in the space of that. I don't have any expectations around it because I know what is needed will be given and it's not on my timing, you know. Sometimes our timing coincides, we have a conversation. Other times I have to wait for the answer to always come. Sometimes the answer is given in advance and I think, why do I need to know this? And then 
you know, later. But but it's always there, and it, it's never it's never going to let us down ever. I truly believe that's like the best parachute. So it's, it's infallible. But where we struggle is in our belief that maybe if it's not according to our timing, like if I'm not, you know, success, successful in the way that I thought I was supposed to be by this age, or if the people around me can't acknowledge the value in what I'm doing by this age or whatever, and if spirit's not matching the timing, sometimes we can lose faith and think it's never going to happen. But a no is, yeah. is not a never. A no is from spirit in the sense that, oh, it's not happening right now is usually just, well, just not right now. Could be tomorrow, you know? It's, it's not something that we have to then turn it into a whole story. Oh, I'm not going to get what I want. Or, oh, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, torture ourselves. And it, we don't have to do that. And I think that we, 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 we do that often. Is I know in, in, in my whole, like I would back in the back, you know, it doesn't matter. Even now, there's sometimes where, you know, I'm not present to a certain situation because I'm torturing myself of what I really want to achieve moving forward. And I'm not giving myself the space in the, in the time, in the current situation to say, listen, this is okay. Whatever I'm going through is, is necessarily supposed to be here at this, at this experience so that I can learn from it now so that I can continue to become the man that I'm supposed to be. Yeah. So you, just, you've meant, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, I just had a little thing from spirit. They just said, find what connects you to your heart and do that. And, and that's how you'll, so for someone that might be playing the guitar and singing, someone else meditating, someone else going for a run, someone else just being in nature, like find what it is. And, and that's your temple. You know, that's your way to enter yeah. the temple. Or, uh, you know, I, for me, it's, working out in the morning like you know i'll i'll jump in I'll, I'll make sure that i'm sweating and really like you know connecting listening to great inspirational music or like i love i love you know hearing like really profound music while i'm working out and, and that makes me feel like that's that temple like that's that it connects me to the spirit in the mornings and then going to meditate after right right after that's just like sweating right yeah. so I think that that's, you know, where I believe for me, my view has been um, evolving as I continue to go through my journey. And I know we've all had our journeys and the way that we adapt to it, to spirit, to our creator. Now, I'm certain that, you know, if you have individuals that you meet sometimes that have opposite points of view from you. How do you respond to that? I think it's a great question and a very timely one at the moment because there's a lot of um, conflict. And I think, you know, the, the first thing that I sort of recognise is this is important. It's important to allow for it. It's important to recognise that somehow in the, the strange, you know, mechanism of our collective human ecosystem there are all different parts it's like just look at a human body not every bone is the same They're different lengths different sizes different you know joints and tendons all different purposes they're not meant to be the same and and together it works so i kind of figure first of all there's some divine genius in it it doesn't mean i have to like it it doesn't mean that i have to even feel comfortable with it that doesn't invalidate that different viewpoint it also doesn't mean that just because I recognize there's divinity 
somehow in all of these different viewpoints that I have to invalidate my own truths. So I learn how to kind of sit in that space of this is what I'm about. This is what you're about. If you want something that I have to offer, I'm going to give it to you generously and, and you know, with love. But if you don't, that's fine too. Like we're not all meant to be on the same path. So I provide space for it, but I try not to judge. And I think this is the one thing where I feel as a collective, not everyone, but a, a lot of people seem to be really tripping up and it's judging with this kind of, the thing that really, and, and I get quite crotchety, I've thrown a number of tantrums about this, where we might judge, but we try to give it a spin. So it sounds like it's higher consciousness that's judging. You know, my judgment is validated because I have the political or moral or spiritual high ground. That's such bullshit. Oh my God. <laughs> um, so when I, you got to see it for what it and, is, you know, it's not and bad it becomes, people, whatever. Yeah. And uh, what I'm, what I'm sensing too, is like, it becomes something that maybe it's just a reflection of ourselves sometimes often when we notice these things, right? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah, can be a way to work on the, the shadow. Generally, that's if there's some strong emotional reaction to something, usually. Um, sometimes you have a strong emotional reaction because especially if you're sensitive, that person has a huge amount of emotional energy that's coming through what they're saying. And it, it might be a positive reaction or it might be an uncomfortable one that feels negative. Um, but you can always inquire, you know, why is that? Why am I having this reaction to it? there's usually something really beneficial to find through that. And you just have self-awareness that increases. And the more self-aware you are and the more I think that you recognize this kind of natural tendency of the human mind to grasp onto ideas and opinions, you kind of, you know, live and let live a little bit more. Um, you can be inspired by people. You can want to help people, but you don't sort of feel the need to try and control them or destroy them if they have a different point of view to what you have which, you know, I think is probably more conducive to world peace. <laughs> and if that's what you want, not everyone wants that, but, you know, a lot of us do. <laughs> Lara, you've given us such a beautiful path to success. And, you know, I, I'm certain people, you know, that, that may, may or may not know, they may be curious to know, you know, a little bit more about what you're currently doing you know, and really understanding a little bit more about, you know, what it is, how they can probably, you know, reach out to you and find out more information. I'd love for you to share, if you don't mind, um, you know, some of the, the current things that you're up to. And if somebody, if you're like, do you still do mentorship or, or is any, like, do you provide that still? Or, you know, do you do it in a one-on-one -on -one capacity or is it more group or we'd love to hear more. Uh, so at the moment, I'm really working on um, two forms of online training. Uh, they're both for people who either want to be healers or want to do self-healing. Sometimes those things go together. And one's called the Kuan Yin Transmission, and it's working with five facets of the divine feminine. So that's that one. And then the other one is called Sarasvati Healing. And that's really, it's kind of... Um, high magic and light work integrated. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So those two programs run for um, 
about four months. Um, the next intake will be in March for those. They're currently both full. Um, and then I'm just, I'm writing. Um, I have a new deck coming out, a few new things actually. Um, the Kali Oracle, who is like the fierce face of the, the Divine Mother from India. She's slightly terrifying, but completely amazing. Um, so that's coming out soon. The Pegasus Oracle is coming out soon as well. Um, just really about connecting with light. Um, the White Light Oracle is doing really well. Earth Warriors Oracle. They're both pretty, um, they're going extremely well. Uh, and just writing books and, oh my gosh, I've always got something on. I'm, I'm working on some new music actually, um, the White Light Frequencies. It's really working with binaural beats and um, mantras and healing sound and oh it's been exquisite to create it's based on the white light oracle working with different Beautiful. frequencies so like 174 hertz and 512 and all this kind of thing so i'm really excited to be able to share that probably towards the end of the year within the next couple of months i would imagine so there's a lot as always juggling amazing and and if anybody wants to reach out and you know capture more information find out more is where would be the best place to, to connect just and, just um, website usually yeah alanafairchild.com or i'm on instagram and uh facebook and you know i'm around beautiful. so yeah beautiful now a few questions before we head off i know we're being we're cutting short on time here so you've given you know what would you like i said you've given us such a beautiful amount of you know ideas and ways that you know people can, can be a little bit more creative and you know how healers can really you know be intuitive to help themselves continue to go towards a path why what would be one reason why people would fail there could be two answers to that one would be the universe has something that you need to learn from that apparent failure that will you know actually be a key ingredient for your success i'd say that's probably the main thing um and that would apply to everything. And then from our perspective, I think it's sort of, we, we just hit a snag. Like, you know, I, I don't, I used to feel like you could be on the path or off the path. Now I'm kind of of the mindset that we're always on the path. We just don't always realize it or we can make it a bit harder for ourselves. Yeah. So in that sense, failure is really a bit of an illusion actually. Exactly. Like it's almost like they're always successes. We just think of them as failures. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I like, I totally agree with that approach. I think they're all successful failures. And I think that that's a super um, enlightening way of really looking at all of our experiences as like a, just an amazing profound path of self-discovery yeah. and it becomes amazing. So last, last question, if you had three days left to live, what would you do? Meditate, laugh a lot. And I'd say do a lot of prayer, um, yeah, which is kind of what I do now, but let's just say to be on steroids. Um, and I'd probably go I dancing. <laughs> I love it. Listen, Alana, it, you're, you're, you're a bundle of joy and such incredible energy. It was amazing to have your presence on the show. And I'm certain that any, anybody that listened today, I just want to express my gratitude to you and really thank you for your time uh, for your energy, for your wisdom, for your guidance. Um, like I said, you know, you've, you've been really dear to my heart and you really, you know, 
it, it was really amazing to connect with you. And I look forward to, you know, continuing this friendship and I'm looking forward for anybody that's listening right now to make sure you go check out Alana. You make sure you go follow her on Instagram and make sure you go check out her amazing products and, you know, her amazing cards and readings. Um, and look at look into her mentorship because it sounds super interesting. So, Lana, do you have any last uh, words or, or or anything that you want, would love to share? Yeah, just thank you so much for your time and for the beautiful work that you're doing for people. And for those that are listening, you know, don't panic. It's going to be all right. <laughs> I love it. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Resilient Minds podcast. If you seriously love the episode, please be sure to share it with your friends and click that subscribe button. Do it now. As I continue to grow, I'll be bringing on some leading entrepreneurs into the show. So follow me on Instagram or Facebook and drop a comment or send me a DM. Tell me who you'd love for me to interview and who you'd like to hear more from. Once again, Eric Bounds signing off. And remember this. Your X factor always determines your Y factor.